Welcome to Beyond Their Resumes, a career and professional development platform designed for you, the modern global professional. My name is Jerry Wan, and I invite you to join me every day as we learn from leaders from various industries representing the entire world. They'll share with us both their worst and best advice and a book that inspires them daily. Be sure to join our newsletter at beyondtheresumes.com, follow us on social media at beyondtheresumes, and share this with a friend, classmate, or colleague. Thank you so much for tuning in, and here now is today's guest. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Beyond the Resumes. Wherever you are, whenever you may be listening to this, we wish you all the health, safety, and happiness in the world. And we hope that you are doing well mentally as we get through yet a, you know, another part of the challenging year. Um, and regardless of when you're listening to this and whatever your f- uh, future plans are for 2021 and beyond, we just want to share with you some insight and some perspectives and some lessons from some amazing friends of mine um, who are doing amazing things in the world. And it's not just always about good advice. We want to share with them the bad advice or share with you the bad advice because sometimes it's that bad advice that actually helps us learn more than hearing just the good parts of the world. So it is my distinct pleasure uh, to invite my friend Kanor Bahal to the show. Hi, Kanor. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Uh, well, I am a small business owner. I have a company called Mindhatch, uh, through which I do innovation and creativity consulting, uh, including design thinking, bringing improv into the workplace, and facilitation work. That is awesome. And you ended up at that place after years of working at large companies and doing a lot of different things in very diverse industries and through your education period across pretty much the whole country. And so I imagine you've heard some advice in your life uh, from people who wish the best for you. Uh, But nonetheless, I'm sure some of those folks may have fallen short. So share with us, Kanor, what is the worst advice you've ever gotten in your <laughs> life and why was it so bad? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, uh, people especially love to give advice to young women. So uh, <laughs> and so um, whether we take it or, or we don't is another matter. But um, but yeah, I'd say it's a, it's a tie for the worst advice I've gotten. And they're very of a piece, I think. So one thing I think of is my father calling me into his study I think at some point when I was in college and him saying, okay, Betty, you know, when you graduate, just find one good company and stay there the rest of your life. And I remember just like laughing out loud, you know, like that was, I just knew that wasn't the way it was going to be for my generation, you know, and that just wasn't going to happen. Um, And I think similarly, like later on in my life, especially as I started my company, I would consistently get the advice from maybe not necessarily older generations, but maybe people who are in more just like traditional lines of work who would just say specialize, 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 like find an industry, find a sector, find one little corner of the world and like go really, really deep into that. And I say that that's bad advice because it's risky to specialize, especially in an ever changing economy. Like, tomorrow the world can change and your deep, deep, deep skill is no longer relevant, you know? And so I always preferred to be what my journalism professor called in college, a committed generalist. And that's why I'm uh, an expert in methods rather than uh, sectors or industries. That's an excellent point. You know, when I talk to a lot of college students, um, and especially when I was recruiting um, on behalf of my consulting firm, students would always ask, like, what's the thing that I need to learn? Is it SQL? Is it Excel? Is it all these things? And I would look at them and say, none. And they would yeah. look really confused <laughs> because nobody ever had told them that. And they said, what do you mean? Don't we need to know all these skills? 
I said, yeah, but those skills are going to be useless in five years, right? Yeah. Like, what are you bringing to the team and what are you bringing to an organization that is going to be timeless? And that's, you know, leadership, thoughtfulness, kindness, smarts, and relationship building. Yeah. And being teachable. It's like, okay, right. well, yeah, if in five years you need to learn something new, Correct. like, I mean, are you capable of learning that? Yeah. Right. You can't teach personality. You can't teach attitude. You can teach everybody anything else that has to do mm-hmm. with the computer. It might take you a little bit longer, but... Um, so yeah, if you're out there and you're, and you're focused about, you know, don't, don't focus on the actual tactical skills. Cause I guarantee you when, when Kanoa and I were in college, not too long ago, um, <laughs> half the stuff that you guys want to do now didn't exist. And yeah. in 10 years, the thing that you're going to want to do in 10 years, I guarantee you does not exist today. And so how do you prepare for a career or an industry that doesn't exist yet is to focus on the things that will be valuable to any industry or any career. So mm-hmm. very, very good bad advice. Um, (laughs) It's it's kind of sad. Um, Not sad, but always interesting that um, sometimes the worst advice comes from the people who love us the most. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Especially intergenerationally. So uh, let's go to the best one. What is the best advice you've ever received and why was it so awesome? Yeah. So I remember like very early on in my NGO career, my short-lived NGO career, um, someone who had been there a bit longer than me, (laughs) basically with like a very pained look on his face said, Knorr, like, be careful what you're good at. <laughs> so, because basically, I think this guy's Dan's experience had been that he was like a really, really good writer. And even though that wasn't his job, he was being constantly asked to like write everyone else's proposals. And and he was just kind of fed up. And so I remember him telling me, be careful what you show them you're good at. You know, and so it's almost kind of like this, this like subversive advice to like, just show that you're good at the things that you want to do, not not the things that you don't want to do. And I always uh, took that that to heart because of just sometimes it can be out of your control, especially earlier in your career, you know, um, mm. what you're kind of uh, expected to do or forced into doing. So uh, I also think back to um, my brother and I like never had to make our beds growing up. And it was, uh, I say it's because my mom, who was a very, very neat, tidy person and our like beds were like jigsaw puzzles. There were so many decorative pillows on them. We just couldn't do it to her standards, you know? (laughs) And so I think she like gave up even expecting us to do it. And I always thought of that as kind of strategic on our part that we were just like bad at making our beds. (laughs) So she just stopped asking us to do it. (laughs) So I still don't make my bed. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know. It's about finding what you want and being intentionally good at it, right? Yeah. Um, again, we I think we see a lot of young folks who stick to a specialty or mm-hmm. a department or a division within their organization because why not? Or it's the best I can do. And then, you know, uh, one day you realize and you go, holy crap, I'm an expert in something I don't enjoy. Yeah. And then it's hard to pivot away from it the, the deeper you go. Exactly. So you're in the helping business. You help organizations, you help people through MindHatch and all the work that you've done. Um, you've spent decades learning from other people, with other people. Now, what is the one bit of Kenora advice that you want to leave to the next generation? Yeah, I want to leave you with a phrase that I just kind of, by accident, happened to find myself giving to a lot of people over the years when they come to me for career advice. And it's it's a risk if you do, it's a risk if you don't. Um, I think particularly in, in regards to maybe quitting something or taking a big swing at your life or a big swing at your career, I feel like society has tricked us into thinking that staying where you are 
is safer and less risky than making a move, you know, and there's no reason that's the case. Like, why is it not riskier to just stay with the status quo, you know? And so, um, I, that would be the one, the one piece of advice is that, um, you know, the more, you know, yourself, the more capable you should be of making those decisions, the strong decisions for yourself. That is so beautiful. You know, I think so many of us are taught that if you make a change, it is action. And if you don't, then it is inaction. Hmm. And a while ago, I learned a very important lesson that it's actually not true that you're actually consciously choosing to stay still. That in and of itself is an action. And so it's not that you're not doing anything. You're choosing to stay where you are. And if you approach life that way, you know, I just didn't, get a chance to quit my job for five years. No, you actually, you spent every day of five yeah. years choosing not to quit. And so I hope that empowers some people, right? Like you have a mm-hmm. choice and, and, you know, again, this is not blanket advice for everybody. And I understand that mm-hmm. there's circumstantial everything and, and perspective, but you know, you not doing anything, you staying still is the decision to stay still and not make a change in your life. So um, I hope that empowers some people. Um, you do have more choice and you do have more power to make choice than you actually think you do. As, as with very successful people and as with all of our guests, I know that you're an avid reader. You love to read and that you love to learn from the other, from the other side. Uh, and, and you yourself are writing a book called I Quit, which is coming out next year. Yeah. But let, let, let's talk about the book that's made the biggest impact in the way you see the world, something that you've read recently that's really been impactful for you. Yeah. So I have to preface this with like, I am normally a fiction reader and I like to kind of have that creative escape. Um, so it, it, it took a lot for me to think of like something that really changed my outlook. And it, it definitely was, um, something I read last year, which was winners take all the elite charade of changing the world. And I think why that is so memorable for me. And I instantly became a fan of the author. I went and like saw him speak at Seattle and, um, when I, when he came to Seattle and, um, it just really um, clarified for me uh, a lot of who I was like 10 years ago when I was about to apply to business school, thought I would work in social entrepreneurship, subscribed to the whole triple bottom line, doing good by doing well ethos, you know, um, really thought that there could and should be this kind of um, adjacent system you know, uh, to the, the public systems that we have. And, uh, I ended up not going, going down that route, but it wasn't because I suddenly had an epiphany, you know, I kind of had a retroactive epiphany by reading this book, you know, and kind of like, you know, (laughs) kind of, uh, you know, being like, yeah, yeah. Just kind of more being proud that I didn't go through it because, um, I think as I've learned more about myself and I've certainly become much more of a, of a, I was never a libertarian at, by any, any <laughs> imagination. Um, but I think now compared to who I was 10 years ago, I have a much greater belief uh, in the purpose of say government and systems that already exist yep. versus trying to create brand new systems, you know, instead of contributing to those systems. Right. It, it, it's, I, I love the book too. Um, if you're, mm-hmm. I don't know, eventually watching this, like I have it right here. Nice, I, nice. <laughs> You know, I, I recommend the audiobook because I think his with all with a lot of books, I, I recommend audiobooks because you really feel the energy and the tone of the author as they want you to have heard the story. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, for for anybody who's going down, you know, 
any sort of non-government, non-profit, even consulting work, I think it's worth a listen. Even if you don't agree with anything he says, it's really good to hear some of the perspectives that he shares because he's been in it. He's, he's of, yeah. you know, he was once of, of the world and this notion of, you know, that business is somehow the greatest tool in the world to do social good or the, the phrase that we often hear, which is do well by doing good or do mm-hmm. good by doing well, one or the other. It just sheds a little bit of light on to a different perspective of that. So, Again, congrats on the new book. Thank you. It is called I Quit. It is being published by New Degree Press coming out in April of next year. And I believe by the time you are listening to this, you are able to get the pre-order. So what we will do, uh, along with other ways to get into it, get in touch with Knorr, um, including learning more about Mindhatch, um, we'll put the link to where you can order the book I Quit into the show notes. Um, check it out. Um, if your organization is looking for somebody to help with design thinking or a workshop or just thinking of how you can work better in 2020 and beyond as really the world has you know forced us to think about work and collaboration and workshopping in a completely different way, uh, reach out. Um, she's an incredibly smart person, but more importantly than that, she's a kind human being that will help you and your organization get ahead. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, we wish you all the health and happiness as, as we navigate 2020 together. And most importantly, be well and look forward to reading your book next year. Thank you so much for all of that. I really appreciate it. This is a a real highlight of my week. Thank you. 